Once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast, where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online. From the San Francisco Bay Area, in this corner, I'm John Negroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com. And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he's the news and entertainment writer at Collider. He's here. Let's get ready for Will Ashton. See, I think you were thinking I was going to be annoyed because I usually am pretty annoyed by the bits that we do on this. But I like the announcer radio voice you do. So I'm cool with this. Announcer radio voice? Oh, you must be talking about the fact that I haven't been podcasting in weeks. Sure. And maybe I'm maybe I'm overcompensating a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But you're back. I'm back. I'm so happy to be back. Thanks for covering the show. Sure. While I, mean, I was gone. If by covering the show, you mean record two episodes. episodes. But not publishing them. Uh, but then get swamped with work unexpectedly and not have a chance to learn how to edit, then yeah, I've been covering the show. I mean, it's always a learning process. You know, it's like, look, uh, you you felt like retiring, like Adonis Creed and, uh, you know. Sure, back in the ring. I'm just glad you're back in the ring. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, We're just going to do a quick episode here. We're going to talk about Creed 3 quick because we don't have a ton of time, but also because, you know, this movie's been out for a minute and uh, we're coming to it a little bit late. We're recording this. Uh, few, yeah, you know, like several days after it's it's been out, uh, and people have been watching it, so we're coming at it with uh, with our perspective, right? Um, I just watched this movie since uh, I got back, and uh, how fresh are you on Creed three? When did you see it? Like last week? Uh, no, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen it, because uh, I saw it like a week or so before it came out. So uh, I think I'm uh. I've been sitting on it. Yeah, I've been sitting on it. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope that's a good thing. I hope that's giving you time to reflect. You know, on your I hope review, so. I know you. You said in particular you're curious about what I think of Creed three. I don't know why, um, but maybe we'll get into that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, for a number of reasons, I don't know exactly where you stand on the Rocky slash Creed films. Where I stand, what we've talked about, haven't we talked about Creed two? Did we? I was trying to remember if we did because it would have been in the timeline of us doing the show. But I thought we because I was in that November timeline, mm-hmm. and, and I know like that. The weeks leading up to Thanksgiving are always kind of messy. We either do like six reviews in one episode or we like miss out on five films. So I couldn't remember if we covered it, but we didn't discuss it for a long time or if we just didn't cover it on the show. I feel like we did. We, okay. we covered it uh, in 2018, Cinema Hawks podcast, episode 94. We cover it was the same episode. We covered Mowgli, Roma and The Favorite. Uh, we talked about Creed 2. Yeah, that was that the episode. that hodgepodge episode. Or my mic yeah, because there's also yeah. Vox Lux, Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, uh, we 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 really didn't hold back back then. Yeah, well, that exactly um, proves my point, though, is that that was just like it was one of several films we talked about then. So I don't know if it was like I think we kind of volleyballed the episode too. Like I did a review and you did a review. I think Mowgli was the only one we both saw that time. So I don't even think you saw Creed two at that time. I did see it. Uh, I might have seen it after we recorded this episode. So. If that's what you're remembering, sure. I don't know. I mean, um, I don't remember, to be honest. Uh, but uh, in any case, maybe refresh me on how you feel about the Rocky slash Creed films. Uh, Rocky franchise. Love it. Sure, me came too. To it, came to it when I was a kid. But really, really got into Rocky more. Like, I, Rocky Four was the first one I watched. Okay. 
because that movie came out in the 80s, but I remember seeing it like around, it was like around Christmas time, somebody put it on, and it is one of those movies you can just kind of watch. Like, you don't really need all the context of the first three movies, but uh, I remember watching the entire thing because uh, for Christmas, my uh, parents got me the Rocky Anthology, so the first five movies. This was before Rocky Balboa came out. Uh, I think like a, a couple years before Rocky Balboa came out. And so I watched the whole thing. And then uh, sure enough, uh, we did like a marathon, uh, me and a group of friends, before Rocky Balboa came out. So we, were, we watched all the movies. And then we watched Rock, Rocky Balboa. And I mean, I love the movies. I mean, they're just, you know, the, the prototypical sports movie, you know. Uh, the, I've always found boxing to be this like very like, pure form of like entertainment in terms of just like how basic it is in its rules and like how limited it is, but how that gives such a function to how visceral the fights can be. Like I, you know, I like things like UFC and, and watching things like that and, and kickboxing is cool and has its own place. But I always thought boxing was like such a primal sort of like structured type of fighting that I know not everybody's into, but uh, I find it to be entertaining in its own way. Yeah. I mean, I would go up, to say that right up there with baseball and basketball, it's one of the most cinematic sports out there. And I think Quite a lot so. of that has to do with, like you said, there is a sort of primalness to it, that sense of, you know, man against man, going against the odds, you know, very, you know, stripped down and basic. But also, like, each fighter has their own kind of baggage and story that goes along. It's a bigger picture that goes yeah. into boxing. It's not just, like, two luck hits or, you know, duking it out because – That'd be, you know, kind of boring. You could just watch that any, you know, Boston bar, you know, if you just wanted to see two random guys fight. It has that story, you know, you have to have that mm -hmm, legacy mm -hmm. into it. And that plays very well cinematically, of course, as well. I mean, my my boxing movies, I mean, I love the Rocky movies, but Raging Bulls, probably my favorite one. And I think um, with the Rocky ones, like you follow those movies for Rocky. You don't really follow, like the, the boxing to me is just sort of the it's like when you're watching a superhero movie, it's like, yeah, you have the action scenes. Yeah, you, you have that stuff. But for me, like you're, you're watching it more for the, the story behind Rocky. Is he going to make it? What's he going to do? Adrian, like all that stuff. And so it was kind of interesting transitioning from that to the Creed franchise because that like, okay, Rocky's a mentor. He's looking after the son of Apollo Creed, a son we didn't know about. And of course, there's all that drama that goes into it. And that first Creed movie, I think is just a, an absolute win. I mean, it, it's so good. Uh, I think that uh, Ryan Coogler like absolutely nailed it. He nailed what was great about the Rocky franchise, but put his own spin on it. Michael B. Jordan, of course, was just such a standout performer in that movie. It's always fun, like rewatching clips of it. I haven't rewatched the whole movie uh, since the the movie came out in 2015, have you? Yeah, I was rewatching it uh, for this review and leading up to Rocky Three. It's uh, it's just a firecracker of a film. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I think to your point, like the the first movie in my mind, still probably the best. That's a classic, but it has a very gritty aesthetic. It has you know the typical hero underdog story, but it's told in a very honest and rich, uh, but also very cinematic and grand way. It seems like the sequels, particularly with Steve, uh, sorry, Sylvester Stallone directing 
most of them, uh, they became a little bit more infatuated with the kind of like bombast and the bigger, the, the, the bigness of it, I guess. Uh, and that's not, uh, a criticism. I mean, I think three is a lot of fun. Uh, I love, uh, you know, uh, having Mr. T in there, he's like the perfect kind of Rocky foil. Uh, and then of course, you know, four is where things kind of get the, as big as they can get with Rocky, where he basically defeats the, the Soviet union by yeah. boxing. Wins the cold war. <laughs> Wins the cold war. America. There's, there's a cool, yeah. there's a cool robot. Yeah. There's a robot. <laughs> great. I haven't seen the like director's cut thing that he did recently where like Stallone, I think during the pandemic re-edited, rocky four and made it a little bit grittier he took the robot out i don't know i've heard mixed things about that i'm curious to watch it at some point but i have a soft spot for uh rocky three and rocky four really i think the only rocky slash creed film that i would say is out and out bad is five which i get what they were trying to do they're trying to bring rocky back to basics uh they they wanted that kind of gritty aesthetic with the first movie they even hired the director of the first movie to direct that one it just didn't work it's just no. one of those things where you don't really need to it, get it into didn't it. work because the villain didn't work and, and the whole thing it's like we're gonna settle this on the streets right and, and i'm like that. it's just dumb <laughs> it's it's like I, I admire the attempt uh unfortunately it didn't work out. i do like uh rocky balboa though i don't think it's you yeah, know up yeah. there with like the gray of the great i, I do want to rewatch at some point but I, I really it, I, I admire Stallone for pushing against what would be a kind of silly premise and actually bringing that gravitas that was meant to be in the fifth movie. Yeah. Having at the time a pretty nice send off for the character. Uh, you know, it was a nice surprise too. Like I don't think anyone really expected much from it. They're like, why is he doing a Rocky yeah, yeah. movie at this point in his life? Like Rocky in the ring at like 60 or whatever. That's kind of ridiculous. But no, it works. I mean, it's a solid film. Uh, and then, yeah, I think he's also a leapfrog up to Creed, which is really the, the, the height outside of the first movie for this franchise. It really, uh, beautifully interweaves Rocky story with this, uh, you know, uh, legacy that, uh, Coogler is able to bring to the character tying into his own themes about like fatherhood and, uh, you know, kind of making your own family and kind of finding, uh, a forged relationship with your own absentee father and, and just stuff that really gave it his own stamp, but also honored the legacy and what made that, that first movie so great and a really, uh, solid way. I like Creed 2. I think it, it's a respectable sequel. Not super memorable. Uh, Stallone kind of dipped his hand, I think, into it maybe a little too much. Like I feel like the rockiness of it, as much as I love Rocky as a character and I love Sylvester Stallone and his performance, I feel like he kind of overshadowed the film too much to the point where it kind of took away what I thought was interesting, where it was kind of a pseudo Rocky 4 where you're focusing more on the kind of like Drago prodigy and then kind of paralleling that story with Creed and like having like, you know, these two sons of like these, you know, uh, famous uh, boxers and their story. But Rocky kind of gets in the way there and it kind of undermines the Drago-ness of it a little bit for my taste, but still a solid mm-hmm. sequel, but it, it definitely made me curious right. uh, to jump ahead into Rocky or sorry, Creed three. Uh, this is the first one without, Sylvester Sloan at all. He's credited as the executive producer, but from what I can tell, he has had no great involvement with this film. He's not, it's the first one without Sloan in it in any fashion, like outside of, you yeah, know, we never see him. He's only mentioned a couple of times. And when he's mentioned, it's not really the person. It's more the legacy. Right. You know, like people are bringing him up as like a statistic. If yeah. Anything. I think there's a little bit of like archival footage, but that's it. Like that's all you see of Sloan. 
uh, or Rocket. Is there, I don't even remember that. I think it's like very briefly in like one of the news. Things, like maybe I he's think. in the background I or something because so they do they do a couple flashbacks to like fights from the first two Creed movies and that's it. Yeah, and I, was, I remember that was the thing outside of this being Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. I was most curious about like. I, I think it's for the film's benefit that they've moved away from Rocky. Cause I just think like with Creed two, uh, you know, without giving away what happens, I think they tie that up nicely. Like, I just don't really know what else you can really do with that character by that point. Like, you know, either you kill him off or you just have him like a story cameo, but it's just and like Rocky never dies. So. I know. But like, <laughs> I mean, theoretically could have had like, you know, uh, um, Adonis, like in a moment of weakness coming back to Creed and you could do a cameo, but I think it's, to the film's benefit that they were just kind of like, let, let Rocky be. It's just, I mean, here's my hot take. I feel like there's a moment in the movie where it, it kind of felt needed a little bit. Like there was a little bit of a moment where we, we need the character to go to his mentor here. I'm and sure they reach out to him the, and maybe like, there was an him. issue. There was like a weird sort of, uh, uh I think a, a conflict between him and Erwin Winkler, uh, that had to do with previous stuff. But either way, I mean, it feels like the script's kind of probably, called for it on the other hand uh, you could easily read into it and be like well you know what maybe this is one of those movies where like creed's his own mentor <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't always need to go to crawl back to rocky like you could you could make that argument sure but um you know well, what this movie rem- reminds well okay no, i was gonna say i mean that really dives into what i find fascinating about this film but i don't want to jump ahead because that, that gives into more into it so go what were you gonna say well yeah well i was gonna talk about let's say like the setup for creed 3 what I like about it is that it moves away from like the, you know, they were originally going to do like a Clubber Lang thing. It's like the son of Clubber Lang. And they're like, no, no, like, we just did that with Drago. Like, why, why would we like, that? I mean, like, why would we do that again? Like, we're, we're I would, ridiculous. I would probably love it, but I, I don't think it's necessary. It, it kind of continues the problems that were had with maybe Creed 2, where it's, it's still too much in the Rocky shadow. Like Creed it's, it's becoming kind of too much like Star Wars. It's yeah. like it's just you know these characters are all related to each other, and that's the only thing that like the story ever. No, right? It, yeah. It, instead, I think the movie is trying to tell its own story. It kind of though this to me reminds me of the basic setup of Creed or Rocky Five, but it's kind of remixing Rocky Five. Like, what if Rocky Five was good? <laughs> that's kind of like where this is coming from. Where it's it's sort of like all right, Creed is now sort of. It's, it's kind of mixing things because like Creed, uh, he's retired. He, he's done. You know, he, he had his big moment. The, the movie starts with this big fight that's been a long time coming. Uh, one of his longtime rivals. He's a heavyweight champion, un, undisputed, all that stuff. And we, we kind of jump ahead a little bit and he's kind of living the retired life. Uh, it's very much like Rocky and Rocky Five, and, and uh, not quite Rocky Balboa. He's not that old. But he certainly like passes prime, uh, I think is the idea. And there is this backstory that we don't know much about. Like we know that he's gone through like tough times. We know that when he was adopted essentially by his father's wife, not his real, not his biological mother, you know, she was kind of like pulling him, pulling him out of like a bad situation. And in this movie, we dive into like, well, what was that bad situation? Like what was going on? And uh, it turns out that there was a childhood friend who was also a boxing prodigy, somebody who was like a big brother. Uh, to Adonis. And of course, uh, that sort of leads into him coming back in the present day. And he's been in jail for a long time. And he kind of sees that the life that Creed has lived has been the life that he wanted. And so the two of them kind of reconnect and uh, Creed decides to give him a shot uh, at his gym, maybe even a shot at trying to become a pro again. 
So from there, the movie kind of like morphs into this uh, very, very like, I don't even want to say standard because that sounds negative, but very straightforward, very familiar kind of like, you know, brothers and, but uh, you know, there's, there's obviously some tension there and then it turns into a very soap opera, you know, sports movie. Um, it's, it's definitely stylistically it's, its own thing. It's kind of moving into like, let's just let Creed have his own story. Uh, did that work for you? Did this movie work for you, Will? Um, yeah, I mean, to answer the general question you're asking, yes, I, I think this movie works. I would probably, I would not put above Creed 1, but probably put above Creed 2. Particularly, I think it's a worthy sequel yeah. to Creed 1. And I still like Creed 2, to be fair. Um, but I feel like this one is able to kind of forge its own identity, like you said, but also adhere to all the check marks of a sports drama that you want and also subsequently a creed slash rocky sequel um but to me i think what i find interesting about this is the idea of making uh ostensibly jonathan major's character be kind of the like i don't know i i, I keep hearing him labeled as a villain and i get like in a broad sense he is but I like at the beginning in the first half that we kind of make him a like pseudo protagonist too. He's like he's kinda, the underdog. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the like the underdog here. He's like the kind of Rocky of this story. And the yeah. idea of like, I, I think something that I find really appealing about, or at least intriguing about the Creed films is that they kind of have to work around like Creed ostensibly kind of has the upper hand by design of like he's in his father's shadow his father wasn't really in his life but he has you know the fortune the wealth he had to kind of push away with that with the first movie to really kind of earn his stripes the first movie starts with him being an office worker right obviously he has privilege and it's 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 interesting it's subverting your expectation of like well rocky movie means that he has to be like at his wits end. he has nothing right but this movie is like well he he's still like he's at the bottom of like the ladder in terms of like his skill and like his experience, but he's, yeah, like you said, living in his father's shadow. And that's what works about that movie. Yeah. But I mean, you were saying it's kind of like redoing Rocky five. I think it's interesting in that, like this movie, similar to Creed two kind of being Rocky two and Rocky four at the same time, this movie is Rocky three, Rocky five and its own thing, like all at once. And also kind of warrior. I don't know if you remember the film Warrior from 2011. I remember the film Warrior. I saw that opening day. Yeah. The last it's like kind of all those things at once and anime at the same time. <laughs> it's just all these things. Uh, but I do you think. You say that, but this movie does something egregiously wrong when it comes to anime. What's that? I, I have, as you know, and I hope the listeners know by now, not a lick of knowledge of anime uh, knowledge. Uh, I said that poorly, but. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about anime. I'm not going to proclaim to know anything about anime, but uh, it's safe to say because, uh, you know, Mike B. Jordan's been open about it. Anime has been influenced on the, the fight style that he incorporated as a director here. The fighting choreography, yes, uh, has some clear influences in terms of uh, where th- those influences being anime. I personally find it to be a bit of a marketing tactic. I think they knew that sort of uh the, and i think that it's honest like the, i think the movie clearly is like taking cues from from anime and and in that it is influenced in that way in terms of how the fights work um but i think that they're of course capitalizing on that as much as they can to be like come see this highly stylized boxing movie because it uh, is going to be unlike anything you've seen before i don't know you if don't i agree i don't know if i agree because 
unless that's, that's the 90% of the marketing that I've seen for this movie. It's like Jonathan majors, like being interviewed, being like, yeah, Michael B. Jordan showed me this anime for some reason. Uh, um, no, I mean, I would say, I mean, one thing, unless I am misremembering, uh, one thing that I remember really stood out about the first creed is that, you know, in the original Rocky series, the fights were always kind of from the outside. Like you, you kind of saw the action from like a long shot and only I think maybe occasionally like in Rocky four with the Apollo um, Creed or sorry, the, the Creed uh, Drago fight where you really like in the ring as much. And I feel like one thing that Kugler really established was like getting in the ring, having those long shots, you know, kind yeah, of the following first movie the action. Has that like basically iconic, you know, one shot fight. Yeah. The one or where like, like his first official fight where you're, yeah, like yeah. you're in the fight with Creed. And I think that's been very integral to this, you know, spinoff franchise here is that you're kind of more in the ring with Creed. You're, you're getting kind of more in the, the, the fight with him. And I think what, uh, Jordan is trying to do as a director now is like kind of heighten that to a bigger degree in the sense of like, you're kind of feeling what he feels and you're kind of in his head more and you're kind of getting, you know, kind of uh, more of the psychological fight in addition to the actual fight that's going on here. And I think that's very interesting. I mean, I, I don't know where you stand on the like climactic fight. It, it gets like maybe a little silly, but I also just admire the swing, you know, no pun intended that he's really going for here, especially as a first time director. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what you're disagreeing with me on. I was like, oh, man, he's going to... I thought you were going to say, look, they didn't market this as anime. Well, no, I mean, I'm disagreeing in the sense that you you kind of seem like the, the thing It's like a gimmick, and I don't think it's a gimmick. No, I'm not saying it's... A, I'm saying that they're capitalizing on this stylistic choice that they made in order to appeal to, I think, a lot of people, and it worked. I mean, the box office for this movie has been phenomenal, and I think it worked in the sense that they know... Like, I think Jordan tapped into something that I think because of his age, uh, because he did grow up in a certain time where anime is a stronger influence on people of our generation. Um, you and I are around the same age as Michael B. Jordan. Um, it's something that I think like a lot of older directors just wouldn't get. And I think that he knew using that as a sort of like, hey, like I did bring this style into it. And I think it might be a little bit overstated in terms of what he does with it especially because he didn't write the screenplay, but um, understanding that they're like sports anime is extremely popular. Like, you know, there, there are some sports anime th that's out there right now, uh, besides the ones that come through in this movie that uh, people like younger than us are just like swept up by. And I think that that speaks to them finding a way to bring Creed three to that audience. But here's, here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because, you know, I'm watching that and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of like watching a boxing movie where it's not just going to be this sort of like static, you know, just like box, box, box. I don't remember any of the fights in Creed 2. Like, I remember the two big ones from the first one uh, because I think that you know, it's Kugler. Like, I think that he just really set those apart. And then Creed 2, I don't really, like Creed 2 does have kind of similar to the third movie where you know, I think Drago and his son are kind of like the underdog protagonist of that one too. That's all that really comes out for that from that movie for me. And also, like Creed, he's he's having a kid with Tessa Thompson. What's going to happen? Um, that's all I kind of you know. And Rocky gets sick. There you go. But then this third movie, I think the fights do stand out. But here's the problem, and you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh, of course, John. Why didn't I catch that? Uh, the movie opens in 2002. And, you know, we're with Creed, you know, young Adonis Creed. He's, you know, something like 12 years old. Who knows? Sure. Um, 
and he he's in his bedroom and I'm just like, Oh, there's, there's anime posters on the wall. How fun. Um, that's obviously like a nice little, like, Oh, he wanted to put those in there to be like, yeah, you know, and get that in your head. You know, there's anime. And then we see a Naruto Shippuden poster. Sure. Uh, in 2002. Okay. In 2002. Sure. A Naruto Shippuden poster. Naruto, the, the actual English dub of Naruto, which came out before Naruto Shippuden doesn't come out till 2005. Question, and I'm supposed to sit in in that in that theater, and I'm supposed to see a picture of Naruto. I believe I, I believe Toby is also on that poster as well. And I'm just laughing. Hmm. I'm laughing at this movie. You're cackling. scoffing. You're in cackling. fact, um, uh, you, can, you can clearly tell that I'm uh, you know quite amused and uh, upset by uh, this. I made it my letterbox review, and I'm not letting it go. Sure. Um, on the one hand, I admire you bringing this anime knowledge that I don't have to the to the show and to this review and to your analysis of the film. On the other hand, I say you literally have an anime podcast. Save it for that. <laughs> Save it for that. Um, oh, we, we never talk about Naruto, mainly because there's not much to talk about. I will um, say, um, oh, I forgot to mention um, a little quirk about my screening for the film. Um, so they forgot to turn the sound on for like the first like three minutes of the film. Ooh, you don't want to forget that. That's important. Uh, and they, they were going to try to like restart the film, but for some reason, I don't know if it was like a timing thing or whatever they didn't. So if there was some crucial sound thing or dialogue that happened in that bedroom scene, I did not hear it. All right. Well, there was no context given there. Uh, uh, but in all seriousness, I'm, I'm having a, I mean, I'm goofing off a little bit. But um, I will say, uh, I did, uh, cause I, I, I've been in Michael B. Jordan's corner for this as, as him directing this, because my big thing, uh, with this film is that, uh, I, I think one of the reasons why I love the Rocky franchise that they're supposed to kind of mirror in some respects, Stallone's rise, fall and rise as a actor. You know, like they're, they're mm-hmm. very personal films for him in that respect. And I think that's why he feels kind of slighted. He's been kind of talking on social media, some gruff about how he feels kind of betrayed by Michael B. Jordan. And I get it because it's very personal for him and the, and the films are meant to mirror his own kind of struggle and rise as an actor and subsequently writer and director. But I think at the same time, if this is going to be Michael B. Jordan's franchise, they have to be more personal to him. And again, like I said, I mean, I think the second movie suffers because it's too much Stallone. Like he's getting his fingers too deep in the pie there. And I like that this movie is more personal to Mike B. Jordan. It is kind of exemplifying his own career at this point where, you know, he's a little bit more established. He's a A list star, but he still, you know, has to kind of get in the ring. He still has to fight, kind of fight that, uh, you know, like that indie cred that he, you know, established, but he's still, you know, he's still kind of part of that, but he's also not that at the same time. And I think that's very interesting to explore in this film. No, I totally agree. And I think he, he's bringing something unique and remarkable in its own way as a director. I actually think that he's showing a lot of promise as a director. Now, a lot of that can be he's so close to this franchise that I think that he has that juice that he's able to insert it like he feels confident that he can really just like bring something to this that doesn't just feel like, oh, that was directed by Jordan. Oh, interesting. It's a little bit more like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that this is like a, a young director kind of trying to come into his own. And I think the anime influences certainly come in through that. Now, if, for people who are curious, there are, there are really three main anime that come through in terms of the, the influence. Nah, One of them, we, and it, it, you, this is what you wanted me to talk about. I know. Right? I like, mean, you, this is your one and only chance to talk anime. Enjoy it. on this show. <laughs> Not necessarily. Come on. Uh, there's anime movies that uh, I've tried to bring onto the show before, but you know, Will's rejected them wholesale, but okay. 
I get uh, already like, I I am not going to see Dragon Slayer seventy five or whatever it is for this show. <laughs> it's I'm sorry. Demon Slayer, whatever. And, I don't uh, care. The volumes aren't up that high yet. Uh, but no, Naruto. Um, Naruto is one of the main ones uh, because Naruto uh, and and all three of these are are shown in anime. Uh, really, it's just like battle battle anime that's like main mainly intended for for boys that that's kind of where shonen comes from and uh shoujo is more supposed to be for women but everybody can enjoy these uh naruto being like a ninja anime will and uh you know ninja are you aware of ninja great and so (laughs) ninja the uh, rapper (laughs) um a a lot of the naruto stuff comes through with like the the rivalry between like friends who become enemies like that's very naruto um, you know, there's a whole, like, Will's literally walking away from his microphone. That's how interested he is. <laughs> he's coming back. He's just, <laughs> he thought he could get away with it. Um, and then, uh, the, the other anime is, uh, Hajime no Ippo, which is, uh, the first, the first step, which is like a classic sports anime. It's a boxing anime that, uh, it, it actually is like, I think, uh, from like mostly the oh, 90s. I, I did hear about this one. My roommate was talking about this one with me. Yeah, when you're watching like the the scenes where like for example like one of the first fights I think the uh, second fight in the movie uh, we see Creed like the way that he's fighting and the way he's like analyzing the situation and then he's like trying to find a weakness because he he doesn't have the he can't overpower his opponent that is like completely like like straight out of Hajime no Ippo. Um Also Naruto Naruto is also about like trying to outthink your opponent and use strategy and things like that and bringing that to boxing actually is a really interesting thing to do cinematically. You know, like what you were saying before, it's like boxing is such a cinematic sport. I like that Jordan is looking for new ways to put a spin on that. And then you have Dragon Ball Z, which is the anime that I think he he also brings to this a little bit. Uh, you also kind of have the, like enemies, but friends kind of thing. But then you also have like the stuff that happens toward the end where it's it certainly becomes like more personal and like the big swing like you're talking about. I loved it. And, and I, I, I didn't think that people would dislike it as much as they did or that it would be that polarizing until after the fact. And people are like, that was weird. I, I didn't get that. Why, why, why did why did they do it like that? Polarizing? I, I've seen a bit of polarization, a little bit of like, oh, that, that doesn't work. The, the two main criticisms I've seen in this movie, uh, one of them I agree with. One of them is that I think that this movie is too short. Um, it's a good movie that I think needed extra time. Um, because they really rush a lot of the developments that happen. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, middle. I mean, I think the big issue is that like you need like 10 extra minutes. Like, I agree it's short, but it doesn't need to be like, I like that it is like two yeah, hours yeah. or so. But like, it I is. I some people being like, it needs to be three hours. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not three. It, it need to be like, yeah, 10, 15 minutes would have been yeah, solid. It yeah. just, I don't know if they needed, like, I don't know if it was like a producer thing or whatever, if Michael B. Jordan didn't have Final Cut or whatever. Sure. But yeah, it, it seemed like. A director's they, Cut might be the way to go there it seemed like they cut the movie down to under two hours just briefly and they it, it seems like they cut it in that like kind of fall the grace moment and it seemed like there, there's just some stuff there that could have been benefited from just extending a little bit more and that yes. I, I think that's the, the, where the result yeah. is that the first two acts are kind of front loading the whole movie um where like i think that the climax is still extremely effective and i think that the final fight is what it needs to be but at the same time like there's some story threads that I thought were really like underdeveloped here, like uh, particularly with uh, Creed's family. You know, they they, they yeah. do I think pay a lot of attention to like his issues with it's a very anime thing, which is that like trying to set, settle all of your your problems with fighting. 
And like, what's interesting about battle anime is like, sometimes the, those fights do come down to like a conversation and the movie kind of tries to weave that in, which I thought is interesting. I mean, I am curious, like, was that really part of the screenplay? Was that, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan's influence, but th- this, uh, there's other stuff like with his daughter, you know, and like, um, things going on with, with Tessa Thompson's character, you know, not sure if she's doing the right thing by letting other people perform her songs. Like a lot of that stuff is introduced. I think like the movie like really kicks off strong with like, here are some of these like other plot threads and then it just lets those things dangle a bit and not really resolve in as in as satisfying ways i think it could have yeah i mean i think the character who suffers the most here is bianca tessa thompson's character uh in the sense that i think she's you know one of my favorite things about the original creed i think her performance is fantastic i think that character is really strong it's not just like adrian 2.0 she's her own person she has yeah. her own struggles um but yeah i think in this one they, they set it up strong and then that's where i feel like the first half is stronger than the second in that uh yeah we have this idea of like creed has been throughout his life kind of selling his issues physically but there's obviously a lot of stuff he's tormented with internally that he can't really express fully not even to the person he cares about and there's also some interesting stuff where it's like he can be more open with people he doesn't know as well as opposed to uh, the people he loves. And like, that's kind of a bigger struggle for him. And that's a, a very interesting kind of thing. And there is like a very nice tender, like bedroom scene uh, with Bianca and uh, Creed. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like that kind of just got introduced. It's an interesting idea. And then just is under service by a film. that's I think a little too busy to really bring that to the forefront. Yeah, and I'm and I think that that's what that extra time could have done because I think the other arcs work quite well, particularly Creed's and uh, Dame Anderson. Dame Anderson being the Jonathan Majors character, and I think that like to me, Creed stands out more as an interesting character in this movie than I think he has since the first one. I think the second movie is his arc just wasn't as interesting. It just wasn't as like you know like you're saying like the, the clearly like he's been trying to sell all of his problems with punching his way through them. And and that's really what the Rocky movies have kind of been. And this movie kind of like twists that around and is, and is a little bit like, you know, sometimes that doesn't always work. Uh, sometimes you do need to actually like confront this stuff. And I think there is some even more bold and audacious things they could have done with this movie to really lay, like land that home. It kind of goes the safe route in terms of like where it goes in the end, but still it's such an effective movie that I, I think that it, you can easily forgive it. And I think that, yeah, it, look at the box office it's clear that like people are responding to yes like this is you know you can have like a formulaic sports movie just add some real style to it make the the arcs stand out and be the unique part of the movie and people are going to show up yeah i mean i think the heightened element is really playing to the film's benefit because that's the same with like rocky three like that was able to be kind of heightened compared to the kind of more downtrodden second film, uh, Rocky II. And yeah, I mean, I think it plays definitely to the benefit. I, I do think as a director, some of the more character-focused moments, I, I feel like uh, Jordan's maybe not as assured. Like it kind of dives into, like you were saying before, kind of soap opery, melodramatic moments, which I don't think work as well as the heightened fighting sequences here and i think that just him not being as confident as a director to allow kind of more moments to breathe and kind of be quiet and tender but at the same time it's not like those moments are absent and i think a lot of that something i'm surprised we haven't really talked about so far is jonathan major's performance which uh is i think fantastic and it's such i pressured about him so much already in 2023 and i just i want to hold back a little bit okay well then i haven't so uh (laughs) it's 
such a breath of fresh air after that third Ant-Man movie where he's so stilted, <laughs> so wooden. Uh, before my most recent uh, Scream screening, I described his performance uh, to another critic as like if you put Marlon Brando in a streetcar named Desire in uh, Spy Kids 3D, which is kind of funny because Stallone is in that film. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, I mean, I think this movie, he's like you know, absolutely a character. I think he gives the right amount of gravitas. He plays it up well, but he's also, there's that pathos there that he really really brings is like you know having like an you know heavyweight actor again no pun intended just playing this role and giving it a lot of emotional depth i think the movie does somewhat underservice him in the second half again just because they kind of cheapen his story to be a little bit more kind of i guess quote-unquote villainous and make it a little bit broader but i think there's just some really intriguing stuff with him in that like first half of the film where he is morally conflicted and you do don't really know like like okay like I, I want to root for Creed because he's a guy I've been following for this franchise. But at the same time, like I kind of get where, you know, uh, he's coming from. And I, he I has a point. Yeah. And it, there are certain things the movie does to kind of over villainize him at a certain point that I wasn't. Cool That's what with. I'm saying. Yeah. I, yeah. And I was like, you know, it, you don't have to go that far. Um, but I think they, they do bring it back around, which I appreciate it. But it was it was certainly it was one of those things. Where I think that, again, that extra 10, 15 minutes could have helped. I don't know. Again, I think that just uh, Jordan maybe just not be as confident as a director. He kind of heightens it in a way that I think if that was kind of more morally gray, that would have been more interesting to explore. So I yeah, think that's- I get the choice because I think that, yeah, he wants to make sure that like we're, you're building up to a fight where like Creed has to do this. Yeah. And because that's, if you, if you yeah. don't do that, then yeah, it does start to feel a little bit like, why are we fighting? Right. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this really works best as just a slick, solid piece of blockbuster entertainment. Like this is just a really overall fun, uh, entertaining film. In addition, and it's just a solid sports movie. It's like good, you know, popcorn entertainment, but it does have some good character moments. I think, uh, you know, show up in a pretty good film. I feel like there's room to make a great Rocky or sorry, a great Creed sequel here. I don't think it quite lives up to that, uh, but it's really solid. And I'm excited to see what uh, Jordan does next. I hope he directs more and yeah. I would like to see him make Creed 4 if that comes to be. I think it's a it's a better theatrical experience than it is a movie. And uh, that's not to say anything bad about it. You know, it's a, it, it does what it sets out to do in that sense. I think that that's what Jordan wanted. Um, and I think he does add some like greatness to a movie that turns out to be quite good. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. And look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, Jonathan Majors, he's just like, to me, definitively one of our best actors right now. Like he's and he's proving it again and again, like even in weak material, even in you know, movies where he doesn't have to go all out. He's, he's doing that. And so, uh, yeah, I think that he's having a heck of a year yep. already. Um, you know, get you ready think, for, for magazine dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, do you th- really think he's going to be saddled to Marvel movies for the next 10 years though? I think he can. I mean, there, there are plenty of actors who have done the Marvel contract and have still found room to use that as like uh, a security blanket, you know, financially so that they can do other stuff that they're more passionate about. Sure. If by plenty, I mean a handful, then sure. But uh, I mean, look, if you're if you're not Robert Downey Jr., how about that? But no, I mean, I, th- I think that it, it's not like, uh, you know, Josh Brolin playing Thanos prevented him from doing other stuff. Sure. That, or uh, was, Mark Ruffalo or Samuel yeah. Jackson. I mean, there's exceptions. I'm just worried it's going to be another Elizabeth Olsen situation where we have such a great up and coming talent and then they just get saddled to this franchise. And it feels I like I don't know if that's Marvel's fault with Elizabeth Olsen, to be, to be perfectly honest. Oh, um, OK. 
That's I a, think there's more going on there. That's a conversation um, for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because um, I just I don't think she's in that many of the movies anyway, and like I don't think. Yeah, anyway, that, that, that's the whole. Other well, thing. fine. We can do Brie Larson then, if you prefer. I guess if that's a better comparison point. Still, I would I would still say that Brie Larson's making choices that have. I don't know. I wouldn't put it on Marvel necessarily. Anyway, we don't need to talk uh, about Marvel. That's not necessary here. Yeah, why'd you bring up Marvel, Will? Well, like, it's because Jonathan Majors is in a Marvel movie right now. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, good movie. I think we yep. can play the Rotten Tomatoes game at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if I was spoiled. I think at one point I was spoiled on the Rotten Tomatoes for Cree 3, but that was like nearly a week ago because we're recording this late. So I think I'm fresh enough, ironically. Sure, sure. I did have one more point I'm going to make about Creed 3, actually. Real quick, real quick. What's the deal? <laughs> you know you know what really sets it apart from Creed 2? What's that? And what makes it closer to a real sequel to the first one? It's, it's that like when they made the movie, they knew, they had the courage to be like, the appeal of it is that it, like, we don't need a gimmick. Like, I know you mentioned that I was, I was kind of calling the anime thing a gimmick, but I, what I mean, what I really mean is, they didn't need like oh Drago is in it oh legacy stuff. It to me it just feels like the first like Rocky movie or Rocky adjacent movie in a long time that's like not bringing people in because like oh he's the son of Apollo Creed oh Rocky Balboa is back. It it's just like oh it's a new Creed movie. He has a new opponent. You don't know who he is, and it's original. It's a little bit more like you know it's original to a point, but it's sort of like here's just a new story, and it's really good. And I think to to me that that's the kind of like, that's the kind of thing that I think stands out compared to Creed 2. Creed 2 is really relying on the like, oh, I got to see this. I got to see Drago's son. Who cares? And I think that Creed 3 was just a little bit more of like, oh, this is just like a really good like sequel to Creed 1. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's all you need. I mean, it does help. I don't know if you mentioned this before, but Ryan Coogler did help write the story for this one. I don't think he really had much involvement with the second Creed film. So well, it was we didn't say yeah. Uh, Zach Balin co-wrote the scheme, screenplay with Keenan Coogler. Zach Balin, um, the Coogler has a story credit. Yeah, uh, he wrote the uh, was it King William story? Uh, King Richard. King Richard. Sorry, King Richard. King Richard. Yeah, and uh, Grand Turismo, the upcoming Grand Turismo. I think if you say so. so um, okay, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. We have two hundred sixty-five reviews counted. Will Ashton, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is? What do you think the critics are saying about Creed Three? I think it's high. I don't think it's as high as uh, the original Creed, which I think had like 95 or something, like a really high score. Uh, deservedly so, too. Um, this one, I think it's more in the 80 range, like maybe high 80s, but uh, 80s nonetheless. I'm going to say 89%. Quite close. Quite close. It's 88%. And you're right. The first Creed has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, do you know Creed 2? Do you know where that one's at? Is that like 72 or something like that? No, it's 83. 83, okay. Yeah, higher than I thought. Um, okay, what about the audience score? We have 2,500 plus verified ratings. What do you think? Uh, I think audiences seem to be enjoying this one. I think they're going to be even higher than critics. I'm going to say 94%. Even higher, 96%. Yeah. Um, and that's higher than the audience score for the first Creed. You can believe it. Um Although that one has like way more ratings counted. Sure. So, but people yeah. love anime. <laughs> they do. They really do. Except for me. Um, but I do like hey, ne- Maybe someday. Mm. You'll come around. Don't count on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Cinema Score. 
You haven't been spoiled on that one, have you? Um, I don't think so. What do you think? For some reason, I'm feeling like it's like a B plus. It's not. It's an A minus. Okay. I don't know. For some I'm reason, sure I thought you would, you would guess that low. I don't know. I just, I, I, my head, I feel like for such some reason, pleaser. what was that? It's such a crowd pleaser. I know, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe some of the anime stuff would have turned some people off. I don't know. I feel like you can watch this movie not knowing what anime is and not even notice. But oh. I mean, maybe, maybe you just mean the final fight, like how stylistic yeah. it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I do really uh, like, okay. uh, the last shot in this movie, by the way. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Same. Um, okay. Uh, Letterbox will finish it out. 59,000 watches on letterboxd.com. Well, Ashton, what do you think the average rating is from zero to five? Uh, 3.4. Higher. And all of these, it's been higher than you right. guessed. 3.8. No, I mean, well, the critic that's wasn't quite high. Critic wasn't higher. It was lower than what I guess. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 3.8, 3.8%. Quite good. Uh, quite high for Letterboxd. Sure. And that'll do it for us. We're quite high. Um, too high to <laughs> keep going with this podcast. We need to take a break. Um, thank you for listening as always. We'll be back next week to talk about scream six. Hopefully, we, hopefully we'll be back on like a regular schedule yeah. <laughs> after this. Um, we do have a bonus episode, hopefully coming out too. Yeah. Um, I won't say what it is in case it never comes out. I don't sure. want to <laughs> false hopes. I, I hope it comes out. It's a really fun episode. So I, I hope yeah, I can get it. It's together. one of the ones you did while I was gone. Yeah. It's <laughs> still out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, until then, uh, we'll see you on the next one. For the Internet of California, I'm John Negroni. And for the Internet of Pennsylvania, I'm Wash. See you next time.